Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is your Times Daily World Briefing for Monday, the 29th of August. I'm Emily Ferrier. And I'm Bev Rimmer the biggest step since the giant leap for mankind. Today, this is NASA's first step um, really in sending humans back to the moon after a 50-year gap. And Ukraine's president accuses Russia of disregarding life. Times of London Daily World Briefing. If all goes well over the course of Monday morning, Artemis 1 will launch into a risky mission to the moon and back. Orion, which is not crewed, will fly further than any spacecraft built for humans has flown before, traveling 280,000 miles from Earth and 40,000 miles beyond the far side of the moon. This is a first step in the plan of putting human colonies on the moon. Jackie Goddard is the Times U.S. correspondent and is at the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. To get onto another planet and to start having human colonies um, anywhere outside of Earth, one first has to, according to, to NASA's plan, step back to the moon and create a sustained human presence there, not only for doing scientific research, but to use the moon as a proving ground uh, for testing the technologies and capabilities that they would need to then get humanity to, to Mars in, uh, in the 2030s and beyond. This launch will be the world's most powerful rocket since the Saturn V sent 12 men to the moon during the Apollo era, which ended in 1972. NASA astronaut Shannon Walker remembers the day she learned about space travel as she prepares for the groundbreaking launch. It is hard to describe how I feel about this launch. I was four years old when we first walked on the moon, and I remember my parents taking me and my older sister out in the backyard and pointing to the moon and saying, we've got people there. And ever since then, I've wanted to be an astronaut, and I am an astronaut. And now, just having that amazing rocket out on the launch pad, it is just so, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. If all goes to plan, it will stay in space for 42 days, three hours, and 20 minutes, longer than any vehicle designed for a crew has done without docking to a space station and will return home at higher speeds and hotter temperatures than ever before. The program includes a plan to put the first woman on the moon. Assistant engineer working on the Orion spacecraft, Chelsea Partridge, is proud to be a part of a team that will make history. I mean, when we think about Apollo, we landed men on the moon, uh, but we haven't landed a woman there yet. And it didn't dawn on me, probably until I was in college, that we hadn't done that. You know, when we look at the spacecraft, we're seeing history. This is something that's going to be taught in history books someday, and I don't know if the folks that worked Apollo ever stepped back to think about the history they were making. Orion will fly 60 miles from the lunar surface at its closest approach, 
and harness the moon's gravity to slingshot itself back towards Earth with an October splashdown in the Pacific Ocean, during which it must withstand speeds of up to 25,000 miles per hour and temperatures up to 2,800 degrees Celsius. Russia has announced it struck a number of industrial facilities in Ukraine, including Europe's biggest nuclear power plant, Zaporizhzhia. It comes as the International Atomic Energy Agency voiced its decision to visit the site later this week, vowing to protect its safety and security. The plant, captured by Russia but run by Ukrainian staff, has been a hot spot in the ongoing conflict, with both sides blaming each other for recent shelling nearby. A spokesperson for the Russian Defence Ministry said that high-precision weapons had also been used to strike a workshop where Ukrainian Air Force helicopters are being repaired. In his latest video address, Ukraine's leader Volodymyr Zelensky has accused Russia of throwing away the lives of his countrymen like they don't matter. Russia brought the most terrible thing to them, absolute disregard for the value of life, absolute disrespect for anyone. The invaders brought degradation and death, and they believe that they are there forever, but they are temporary. Today I held a meeting with representatives of the defense and security sector. There were heads of the armed forces of Ukraine, intelligence service, the security service of Ukraine, the Ministry of Internal Affairs, and other agencies and areas of defense of our state. All the issues we considered are important, but are not to be disclosed. I cannot go into detail. But the occupiers will feel their consequences in the further actions of our defenders. Times of London Daily World Briefing. On the way, the plea from Pakistan as flooding intensifies, and one man rides a pumpkin in pursuit of a new world record. Times of London Daily World Briefing Thousands of religious and right-wing protesters gathered in the Serbian capital of Belgrade on Sunday, in opposition of a European gay pride event. They marched in protest despite President Aleksandr Vucic announcing earlier in the day that the event would be cancelled or postponed, citing threats from right-wing activists. Belgrade was to host the Euro Pride March on September the 17th, an event that is staged in a different European city every year. The protest was led by clergy from the Serbian Orthodox Church and coincided with a procession that marked a religious holiday. Some bishops said that the Pride event threatens traditional family values and should be banned. Protesters were holding crosses and images of saints, while others chanted slogans in support of far-right or nationalist causes. Some even waved Russian flags in show of support for Moscow, Serbia's traditional ally. In the past, Pride marches in Serbia have been banned or met with fierce opposition, or even marred by violence. Pakistan's foreign minister continues his plea to the international community for financial assistance to his country to help deal with overwhelming floods. More than 1,000 people have been killed and tens of thousands have been forced out of their homes after unusually heavy monsoon rains. More than 30 million people are thought to have been affected in the last few weeks. It's about 15% of the country's population. Bilawal Bhutto Zardari said the destruction was unlike anything he'd seen. They're absolutely devastating. I haven't seen any any, uh, destruction or devastation 
of this scale. I find it very difficult uh, to put into words uh, the phraseologies that we're used to, whether it's monsoon rains or uh, flooding doesn't quite seem uh, to encapsulate the ongoing devastation and disaster that we're still witnessing. Sindh in southern Pakistan is bracing itself for the worst as the deluge from the swollen river is heading for lower-lying areas and threatening millions more homes. Many rural communities are already suffering from poor infrastructure with several untarred roads and worn-out bridges and the devastation has worsened the situation. Though they've dealt with many large floods in the past, Pakistan's officials say the heavens have really opened up and unleashed hell in a way they could not have anticipated. The US, UK, UAE and others have all contributed to a disaster appeal, but officials say many more funds are needed. The Times Daily World Briefing. Sport. With all the action now from the latest Formula One race, here's John Jackson. Red Bull's Max Verstappen went from 14th to win Sunday's Formula One Belgian Grand Prix. The Dutch driver took the chequered flag 17.8 seconds ahead of his Mexican teammate Sergio Perez at Spa, with Spaniard Carlos Sainz a distant third in his Ferrari after starting on pole position. The win was Verstappen's ninth from 14 races so far this season and puts him a massive 93 points clear of Perez, who moves into second overall behind his teammate with eight rounds remaining. Seven-time world champion Lewis Hamilton retired in the early stages of the race after colliding with two-time world champion Fernando Alonso, an incident that Hamilton admitted was his mistake. Verstappen's home Dutch Grand Prix takes place at Zandvoort next weekend. The Times Daily World Briefing entertainment. The lead singer of Arcade Fire has denied multiple allegations of sexual misconduct against him. Wynn Butler, the leading man of the Montreal-based rock band, had several accusations laid against him at an entertainment news site called Pitchfork. The article outlined allegations from three women and one person who identifies as gender fluid, who claim their interactions with the star were inappropriate based on gaps in age and power dynamics at play, and included unwelcomed advances. In an emailed statement sent through a crisis public relations firm, Butler denied all allegations of misconduct, saying all encounters took place between consenting adults. He did, however, apologize for his behavior, saying that he was struggling with mental health and alcohol dependence issues around the time the allegations took place. And finally, there's only one way to travel downriver for a new Guinness World Record holder from Nebraska. Dwayne Hansen prefers to go by pumpkin. Dwayne, who's just turned 60, grew and carved the giant vessel himself so he could have a crack at breaking the world record for the furthest distance travelled inside a pumpkin. Berta, as he calls her, weighs in at 384 kilograms. That's almost 60 and a half stone. How did he get on? I went 38 miles down the river without standing up in that pumpkin. My knee still hurt, but I probably won't try this again. And if somebody breaks this record, I will like bow down to them because they are tough. He completed his epic paddle down the Missouri River on Saturday, starting at 7.30 in the morning and arriving 11 hours later in Nebraska City. Any final thoughts, Dwayne? I was nowhere near 100% that I could do this. I've never been in a pumpkin going down the river. and it's I can't say it's easy. And on that happy note, that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Monday the 29th of August. 
This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts.